Sit entering notification. You know a dream is like a river, ever changing as it flows. And a dreamer's just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Trying to learn from what's behind and never knowing what's in store makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as The Blind Blogger, and this is another episode of What's Your Excuse, where I hope to help you explode those excuses that are holding you back by introducing you to people who have overcome adversity or thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, uh, people who have struck out on their own and started unique businesses, people with real-world tested advice to help you accomplish your goals and dreams, and people who I just happen to admire and, and inspired by personally. And you can find me at theblindblogger.net. You can also get the, the website by saying Alexa, play the blind blogger, or Google, talk to the blind blogger. Or you can just say, hey, Google, play what's your excuse. So I uh, do hope that y'all want to join another great interview today. Before I do that, I do have to mention my sponsor. I'm very very happy and proud and honored and blessed because uh, Chip Edwards uh, is a good friend. He provides a great service, helping people create their, their brand for the voice speaking or voice speakers generation so that people can find you on Alexa and Google. But the most important thing he likes to remind me of is that uh, you have a brand and you want to protect that brand. And if you don't claim your brand on these wireless speakers like Alexa and Google, somebody else can, and then they will determine what content people that are your followers and fans will receive. They'll control the communication, and none of us want that. Uh, it will result in uh, people mistakenly getting somebody else's content when they try to find yours, or you having to pick a name that you don't like and is hard to communicate to people that, so that you can tell them how to find you on these speakers. And these things are everywhere. So if you're not on them, you're missing a huge audience. You can find him at createmyvoice.com. You can say, Alexa, play Create My Voice, or Google Talk to Create My Voice. And uh, just reach out to Chip, have a conversation with him. Uh, he's not a hard sell type guy, but he will give you lots of great information. So today, my guest is a, is a good friend of mine. I've known her for several years. I've been on her podcast a couple of times. Uh, I have friends who have been on her on her radio show, excuse me, uh, Life, Love, and, and Living. And uh, I'm very happy that she's that I've finally reached out to her and get, came to my senses to get her to come on the podcast. Her name is uh, is Sandra Sandra Rogers. Uh, she is a reverend, an author a radio personality, a life coach, and a film producer. I'm not even going to try to tell you all the different kinds of coaching she's qualified and trained and certified in, but she's amazing. You can find her at, at, at SR for Sandy Rogers, uh, AuthenticAscensions.com. And I just found out this morning, Ascensions is A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N-S. So thankfully I didn't mess that one up too. Uh, Sandy, I really do appreciate you uh, coming on my show, and welcome to What's Your Excuse? Thank 
you, Max. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I've been intrigued by you since the very first time that I was introduced to you. Um, and so, yes, it's a pleasure to be on your show. And thank you for that great introduction. Well, I do my best. Uh, I realize nobody's perfect, so I've quit trying to be perfect. I just try to, to make sure I get the important stuff out there and and kind of like me, but even more so, there is just so much to your story and to your journey and your background that it it's it's easy to leave something out. So the one thing I noticed, or a couple of things that really stuck out to me, one is you want people to live their best authentic self as it uh, as it applies to them and i really think that um defining success or what a good life looks like in our own in our own terms is something we don't do enough of we should do better at it i'm hoping if you start off by just talking a little bit about what that phrase means to you and how you accomplish that sure thanks max for the question um being authentic and living life on your own terms so many times um, people get lost in their greatness or not even aware of their greatness because they have these different uh, models that they've been given by their parents, by the schools, by the religious centers that they go to. And we're not, for the most part, we're not taught to connect with that inner power that we each have. And so once we learn to, or have been conditioned to ignore that, then we're always at the mercy of somebody else to validate us, um, to tell us that we're doing a good job, regardless to if it's something that we really want to do, or if it's something that makes us happy. And uh, so that's why I'm always asking, what makes you happy? What, what's your gift? and let that person explain it because it's better for someone else uh, to be able to um, to testify to their own strengths and their own gifts than it is for somebody else to um, describe that. And so what, um, what happens a lot of times is, um, you know, like in school, we have tests and everybody's got to pass the test with the exact same answers. And in life, when we get a job, we have certain requirements that we have to fill in order to stay on that job, you know, to be continuously employed. But we, we're not given an opportunity. Perhaps we want to come out of that line just a little bit when we're coloring, you know, and we'll get slapped on the hand. No, that's not right. That's not right. But what about the artist, you know, that comes up with these incredible designs and paintings that are not so linear, you know, like inside the line. And I, I just think that too much of our time is, um, like on jobs, we have uh, our appraisal times, evaluation times, and it's like we always need to improve on something. And I feel that if each person concentrated on their strengths, and use their strengths, then everybody is working together. They're working in their authentic self versus having to learn something that is not a part of their 
skill set. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, yeah. So when you ask people this question, and I'm sure it's not an easy question for most people, when you ask them this question, do you get a lot of blank stares, a lot of I don't really know, or uh, maybe a lot of I know what I'm not or what I don't do well? What are, what are some of the answers you get when you go through this process? Sure, people, uh, because they've not been asked this question before, for the most part, you know, and some people just light up, you know, like, wow, she's really asking me that. So I get to look at me and be able to talk about me in a very real voice, and, and it brings honor to the person, you know, but yeah, a lot of people are confused or uh, they, they get caught off guard and they don't have an answer because they've never been asked that before. Right, and along in this same this same line, I'm sure a lot of the a lot of the and don't worry about the technology. We all struggle with figuring out how to do how to where to put the mic and all that stuff. It'll come to you. Um, just so y'all know, this is um, Sandy is is kind of new to uh, to to Zoom and to using her tablet for this stuff. So y'all just bear with us a little while she gets comfortable. The I'm I'm sure that she'll find a good spot for that mic, but uh, I can hear you clearly. I can understand everything you're saying. I'm sure everybody else will will too, Sandy, because you you come from such a, a heart centered place. So, do you also get a lot of people whose answer is basically they want to do uh, what the Kardashians do or what uh, uh, or what Oprah did? You know, is there a lot of I want to do what the people I see on TV doing? No, not necessarily, because that's that make believe world. So. If you're living by someone else's standards, then those may be your answers. But when you're living out of your authentic self, then you're not going to come up with wanting to be like somebody else. You want to be your best person. And so the comparison to the Kardashians or to Oprah or to anybody else, uh, you know, the ball players and things like that, that's only because we live not living up to our authentic selves. We're living in a make-believe world. And so that's what um, wanting to be like somebody else, that, that's what that's all about, you know, mimicking somebody else. All right. Now, uh, I want to give you a, a chance to tell people a little bit about your personal journey, how you got to be the woman you are now. I... <laughs> It's funny because I wear so many different hats. I actually gave myself permission to not stay in one, um, one lane, so to speak, as I was growing up. So I remember in high school, um, well, let's, let's go back a little bit uh, earlier than that. So like in elementary school, I always wanted to play football and baseball with my brothers and their friends. I was a, a tomboy and I yeah. enjoyed sports. I excelled at sports and they would let me play, right? But then on the other hand, I like to, to dig in the dirt and play in the dirt. And I, I had a very fabulous business where I made mud pies <laughs> <laughs> and I made my older cousins eat them. And so they still teach uh, but as I was, was coming up, uh, and then in junior high school, or middle school is what they call it now, uh, playing baseball or softball, I actually was sliding into second base 
and my leg went one way and my body went the other and so I tore up my knee and uh, so that slowed me down a little bit on sports but I was always uh, doing something different than most of the other girls um, in my circle and so when I got to high school uh, back then girls were supposed to take typing because all girls were expected to be secretaries yep. and I said I'm not going to be a secretary, so there's no reason for me to take typing, and I didn't take it, you know, so they were like, so what other class would you like to take as a, um, I think they call it selective class, and, and I said, I want uh, woodworking, so I took a woodworking class with all the boys, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> always things outside the box. Um, man, I've Oh, there's been so many, I'm just thinking, there's been so many things that I've done with my life. I've, I've always wanted to expand my knowledge. I always wanted to expand the group of people that were around me. So I never had the same friends. They were always more and more. And uh, I know at some point in time, uh, people would say I have friends that resemble the UN because I was... <laughs> It was never restricted, you know, like you didn't have to look like me. You didn't have to be African-American, Black, Negro, whatever you want to call it, you know, but as long as your heart was in the right place, then that was all that mattered. And so, um, and me and my friends, we would sometimes, you know, get stares from other people as we would, you know, laugh and go about the town and things like that. So um, I've owned a modeling company in Los Angeles and I, uh, one of the major reasons why I did that was because of showcasing children and then erasing that knowledge or, or not knowledge, but that false belief that all models are these super thin people when they're not. Uh, and so I helped the, the, the children to understand that whatever body they were in, they should be comfortable in that and they could carry themselves with a lot of self-respect and uh, dignity. And uh, so it gave them a lot of self-pride and uh, self-worth and self-love. And that's what this is all about. So when we live out of our authentic self, then that those are the products that, that we get to have is uh, an increased self-esteem about ourselves. And so um, in most jobs, I've always done the same thing. Uh, I go in and I'm always wanting to learn about the person uh, when I came to Atlanta, when I left LA, and I probably will skip around some because my life is not linear like that. But um, when I came to Atlanta, I worked for a freight distribution or, or freight delivery service. Um, um, Airborne Express was the okay. name of it. And uh, I had never done anything like that in my life. I've always been, you know, like in the cutesy corporate world with high heels and makeup and, you know, the, the business suits and things like that. So to go from that environment into a warehouse was really uh, a, a shock, but I enjoyed it. But one thing that I did was I made sure that I talked to each one of our drivers. And I got to know each one of the 60, 70 drivers personally. So I know about their family. I know about their children, their hobbies, and the things that were important to them. 
And again, Max, this is like going back and, and touching bases with the authentic person. And um, anything out of the ordinary, like they get their routes in the morning with their freight, but if there was an urgency that, was, that needed to be handled, if I got in contact with the guys or the girls, you know, they would do it for me. And my boss, the district manager, was always so amazed with that. He's like, Sandy, how do they, how do you always get cooperation from the people? And I had never really paid it a lot of attention, you know, as far as saying, okay, well, if I do this, then this is the payback. Because it wasn't about that. It was about honoring each one of the individuals. And so he started just observing me. And he was like, oh, then you go down, you know, everybody in here individually. And I did. And so because I took the time to know them, um, Max, that was the reason why they gave me that same respect back. And I, that is just offering and affording a person to live out their authentic self. Because only they drove for Airborne Express. They delivered freight for Airborne Express. But that wasn't who they were. That is so true. Uh, way too often we we think uh, the job somebody does is who they are, um, and it seems like uh, this this COVID uh, crisis that we're suffering through is is causing people to uh, to meet some of their neighbors and some of their the people that provide services to them and get to know them in a more authentic way than they ever would have yeah people are speaking to each other you know in the neighborhood and i've seen some neighborhoods where they're coming outside at certain times and they're actually doing yoga or you know different exercise uh in the street this is a perfect opportunity for um people to commune and to communicate and to get with one another in uh, a way that's that's not been afforded, especially families. So families are you know, in the morning or in the evening. Everybody's always you know scattering about, going from this place, getting ready for that place, this activity and that activity. So for families to have the time to sit down together and to be able to work and do school at the same time, or just to have conversations. Uh, it's so uh, so necessary, but unusual in most households where it's, you know, busy, busy, busy. We got to get this done. We got to get that done. So um, it's, it's a great time. And as long as we take care of ourselves. So the wellness part of the work that I do is, is very um, sentimental for me because I do it a lot in honor of both my mother and my sister who uh, are no longer with us here in the physical world. But my mom back in the 70s, in the 1970s, um, she was so ahead of her time with uh, the sixth grade education that she had. And she would tell us that we should not take prescription medicines because we weren't aware, we didn't know for sure what the ingredients were in the, the uh, chemicals 
that were making up the different prescriptions. So she always carried a herb book with her. And she would ask a person what their symptoms were. And she'd look it up in the book and she'd say, well, try this herb because it'll do this to uh, help you with your condition. And this is made, and she'd say, you know, this is what's natural. This is what the, the creator has given us to handle these different uh, uh, health problems that we can encounter. And so some of us listened, some didn't, some thought she was crazy and didn't know what she was talking about because after all, you know, the doctors go to school for all these years and they have their white coats and they've got the initials behind their names and, you know, and like that. And so a lot of people did not listen to her and, and did not um, take her advice. I was one of them actually. And I was diagnosed with uh, ulcers um, back in the mid 70s, maybe late 70s. And there was this brand new pill that came out on the market called Tagamet. And my doctor, rest his soul, Dr. Hershey, uh, prescribed the pill. He was so excited about being able to offer me this, this newest advancement in, in medicine. And I took these pills, Mac. I took them like he told me for years and years until one day uh, I was on my way to work and I looked down in my skin. The, the pores were like, it was something strange coming out of my skin and I was throwing up and I had diarrhea and I was just really sick. But I cleaned myself up because I was very <laughs> studious when it came to going to work. I didn't miss a day. And uh, I got to work and I got worse and it got worse and it got worse. So I was finally taken by ambulance to the um, hospital and they couldn't, they had no idea what was going on with my body. And um, so I did upper GIs, I did lower GIs, they did x-rays, they did every kind of test that they could think of, and nothing changed. But I was still, my skin was oozing this, this strange uh, liquid form, and I still had the diarrhea, and I had the vomiting. And the internist came in, and he said, so I need to understand what medicines you're taking. I'm like, I'm only taking one and I've been taking it for years and I'm taking it for my ulcers. So he walked out the room and he came back and he said, well, I have a copy of your x-rays and it doesn't show that you have an ulcer. I like, see there, see, it worked. That really worked. <laughs> like the doctor said, he's like, no, ma'am. He said, once you have an ulcer, it will always show on your x-rays. So what I'm telling you is you were misdiagnosed and you have poisoned your own body with the medicines that you took. That was what I was suffering with that no one could figure out. And then I remember back to my mom, right? And the things that she was telling us about, you know, don't get hooked on these pills because we don't know what's in them. My sister was diagnosed um, with a condition, I want to say asthma, asthma diabetes. Well, it, it, it was like a juvenile type of, um, of uh, illness. And the doctors prescribed her prednisone, a steroid. That 
medicine right there is so strong and it's so addictive. She was almost like a street junkie. She couldn't get off of that medication to save her life. They would take her off and she would start having withdrawal symptoms and you know she just had to have it. And so they would put her right back on it. This went on and on and on and on for years. Her body, her organs started shutting down, her liver, her kidney, she had breast cancer, she had a heart attack because all of this medication, these steroids was causing all of these adverse uh, situations internally for her. And um, it got to a place where um, she was taking, you know, the big uh, gallon plastic bags that we use to store food or to store, like if you get a big box of cereal or something like that, you would divide it up in. But she had like, she had like four bags like that full of pills that she was taking and it was just amazing to me like how do you keep up with it why do they keep giving you pills what are all of those pills for so when she started separating them out you know she had like six or seven for blood pressure and four or five over here for cholesterol and something over here you know to take for this and i was like man, you, you've got to come off of some of all of this, these pills and things. This cannot be good. What all the pills did eventually on the inside of her body was cause her to be chronically constipated. And so if, when you're not eliminating what you're taking in, then you're poisoning your own system. And uh, she died in, in 2010. And as a result of that, I said, well, you know what? I've got to learn more. I've got to be able to provide more information to people because our bodies are designed by the creator to heal themselves. Our bodies are divine. And as long as we put in the right things, so things, I mean, food, thoughts, and no stress. So when you're taking control of your life, when you're taking control of the things that you're using to give you more life, like living foods, fresh fruits and vegetables, things that are alive, not dead, fresh air, you're you're going outside, you're getting sunshine, and being happy and having positive thoughts, then you have longer life. And so I've, I've dedicated a great deal of the last... Well, 10 years. My sister's been dead for 10 years now. So the last 10 years of my life, I've been heavily uh, dedicated to learning as much as I can about natural healing. Right. Well, I appreciate you sharing all those uh, stories with us. And it sounds like um, you would be in agreement with... Resume... Uh, in agreement with my friend Carol Papini, who also had to to help her husband uh, when when t- take control of his of his treatment. So I'm talking with uh, Sandra Rogers. She's a an author, a life coach, film producer, radio personality, and uh, I know I forgot something, but you can find her at sr authenticascension.com 
And in your bio, at least on your website, it mentions that you were diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease and have uh, managed to, to, to improve your quality of life through, uh, through your diet. Uh, but, you know, with this COVID thing, people are finding it hard to, uh, to get the groceries that they want to get, even those who know what they should be buying in the first place, which ain't easy. Um, what are some of the things you can, you can recommend or suggest that will help people, one, so that they, they, can, they can see some of the small things they can start out doing now that will uh, make their bodies healthier and allow them to live longer? And then two, how they adjust to, um, to food shortages that we're having to deal with. Great question, Max. Our grocery stores and the food selections that are available, it's, it's been really unique uh, to me in that when the way that I eat, which is primarily fruits, vegetables, grains, and nuts, and seeds, um, they're plentiful. They're in the stores, but when you look for the meats, the processed foods, um, your sugary items, and things like that, those are what is in shortage uh, or not available, period, in uh, the grocery stores. And so our bodies, um, the Crohn's you mentioned, um, they said it's chronic that I would die from it. They would either have to um, begin injecting me with steroids into my abdomen, or I would have to stay on these pills. I was able to reverse that completely, completely without any of those because the pills, like the ulcer situation, the pills made me sick. And that was the reason why I searched and found an, um, an alternative method to healing my body. So I want the audience to make uh, sure that they understand that even when you're given a diagnosis, a grim diagnosis, that there still is the possibility of overturning that. So, and to answer your question in regards to what should we be eating, there are a lot of chemicals, preservatives, GMOs, there are a lot of um, um, unnatural ingredients that are placed into foods that help them to have a very long shelf life so that they can be kept in the stores or in the warehouse for a very long time before they're gone bad. So these ingredients or these chemicals that they're putting in the foods to have them to have this extended life is, is creating havoc in our bodies. So our bodies, once they, um, they have this inflammation building up and the inflammation, again, getting back to our bodies being so divinely designed, when we ingest something that is not good for our bodies, our bodies instinctively sent out the, the I, I call them the body uh, warriors, right? And they're like, oh no, no, you can't cause harm to this body temple, right? And so it comes and it looks like inflammation in the body, but what it's doing is protecting the good healthy organs and cells 
from this uh, foreign matter getting into those uh, to those organs. And that's what's inside of the chemicals that are put into these processed foods. So processed food would be your mac and cheese that you buy in a little box. It would be a lot of the fast foods that um, are served at the fast food places. Um, it would be your cake mixes. It would be um, the animals, possibly if they're not uh, organic, because they're being fed uh, GMO products for them and steroids and, and all of these um, additives to make them grow at a, a unnatural rate. And so to simplify, if you start eliminating white products, so white rice, which is bleached of this nutritional value, white sugar, which is addictive and it causes the inflammation in your body, the flour, the white flour has the GMO, which uh, a lot of people are allergic to one of the ingredients in that, and it's called gluten. I, for one, my eyes will swell up until they're just little slits if I eat the gluten. It's because it's not natural and our bodies just can't recognize it. It can't uh, digest it. And, um, pastas, your white pastas. And so basically I'll tell somebody that is looking to improve their lifestyle and to improve their health is to cut out the white, all white ingredients, all white stuff that you would normally, white bread and, and things like that. And so start replacing it um, as far as um, grains to, to replace rice. I've used quinoa. It's very, very simple. It's a, a, a very a nutritious uh, grain that you can use in place of white rice. Um, and the sugar, whew, you're just gonna have to learn how to live without it because that is the work. <laughs> I'm serious, you know? And, and so I, I have taken people through sugar elimination uh, cleanses and things like that because that sugar, um, a lot of research or some research, I'm not gonna say a lot, but some research suggests it's more addictive than cocaine. So, you know, that has got to be really, really strong. And some of the food uh, processes or food manufacturing plants, they've done studies on our body. So they know what ingredients or what mixtures with the salt and the, the grease and the oil and now, whatever they, they mix together, what will make us go back and, and grab some more and get some more and to make us addictive. And they call those ingredients excitotoxins. So they already know. I've got a library of books that, you know, that I've been reading and studying on this. It's a science. And, and the food manufacturers, some are formerly the cigarette manufacturing people from back in the day that were telling you cigarettes were good for you and they had all the actors and actresses smoking on the doctors and things like that those people turned around and then went into the food manufacturing business and they're doing the same thing they're telling us that all of this stuff that's on the shelves are good for us and it's not right and for my listeners the reason we're talking about this is because one thing I learned throughout my journey is, is that if you are 
physically unhealthy. If you're, if you're sick, you cannot accomplish the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. I didn't start really getting started on my journey until I treated my sleep apnea and then eventually uh, was, with some help from a psychologist decided to have gastric surgery. And even now I still have to go through a lot of the same things that you're talking about when it comes to making good choices. But we're in COVID. People are isolated. They're scared. This is not an easy time for people to be eliminating the white stuff from their diet. So do you have anything you can say to help people uh, focus on the health benefit and not so much on the stress that causes them to want to buy the comfort food? Great question. Great, great question. What I would offer uh, in the form of a suggestion would be they've proven people with compromised immune systems, and that's what the white stuff does. It compromises your immune system. So when you can increase the, uh, the performance of your, uh, of your immune system, when you can strengthen your immune system, those are the stories of the ones that are being able to come out of this uh, COVID-19 um, and be able to talk about it. But the ones that are not surviving are the ones that um, have compromised immune systems. So you want to do the best that you can to strengthen your body because it's not a death sentence unless you're not taking care of your precious, precious body. So what you're saying is, is that um, other than social isolation, other than wearing your mask, the next best thing you can do to fight COVID is to eat your green vegetables and raw fruits. That would be the first before the mask and the social. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. You, uh, a little bit there. But yes, I mean that. But that would be your point that the, this is as much a part of your defense against the virus as the mask and the social isolation. That if you really want to survive this, you need to be changing your diet and increasing the amount of the healthy foods you take in. Yes, sir. Your body will love you for it. And, you know, it's, it's not that it takes forever. You know, you don't have to uh, go like two or three weeks before the food will start making an impact on your life and, and, and your health. I was an instructor um, for a while at a, a situation at a business here in Atlanta called Living Foods Institute where the founder, Brenda Cobb, reverse uh, ovarian cancer and uh, breast cancer with foods. And she um, based her program in conjunction with some of the principles that Ann Wigmore uh, used what, back in the early 1900s. And so I saw people come in and as soon as they began eating fresh food and drinking clean water, their health was immediately, immediately improving. So it, it's not going to take you forever. And within 10 days, which is the normal program uh, that was being run uh, over at Living Foods Institute, the people were able to throw away their insulin and, and the pills and 
and then the communal crutches or you know the walkers and they're able to walk and stand up straight and walk out and so it's immediate the benefit your body gets is immediate all right now let's talk about one other thing that i know that you're a, a big proponent of but because I, i've already heard you mention it a few times um our 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 mental attitude how we approach the situations that we find ourselves in can be as as much a part of whether we succeed or fail as uh the actual steps we take so talk a little bit about about mindset and how you uh manage to get to and stay to being such a uh, positive person that, like like what we're what people are seeing here today we always have a choice. We always have a choice. So you can smile and look at the brighter side or you can choose the other road. And I choose the, the lighter road because I understand and I've seen it, how people can use this positive approach to life and they can reverse certain illnesses. So our cells are intelligent and they respond to happiness, to that higher vibration and that higher consciousness. So when you're having positive thoughts, when you're laughing, when you're smiling, when, when you're looking at a comedy on TV, uh, Laurel and Hardy or something, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you get a chance to laugh then your cells get this like extra burst of energy and they become more and more stronger, more and more, more and more. And so as you're living life lighter, then your body has an opportunity to heal itself. Uh, the negativity, I've, I've, I've gone down that rabbit hole a couple of times and I tell you, it took me so long to come out of it. And so my suggestion with that would would be turn the television off turn the news off go outside in your backyard or or close to your property get some sunshine just go out there and let the sun beat on your body and um you'll be so amazed with the benefits that you're going to receive from that and stop like go on little respites of, of time where you're not talking about the, uh, the bad effects of what's going on. And, you know, you're not reliving all the, 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 the death and, and the woes and the statistics of what's going on. Uh, my choice is this too shall pass. And so in that, you've got to have a life on the other side don't get get swallowed up get a new hobby do something that you've never had time to do before uh personally i love being in the dirt like i told you before when i was young well, i'm a master gardener now and there is nothing like growing your own food you can grow it in containers if you live in an apartment if you have a window seal you've got windows you can grow food inside you can grow food outside there are community gardens all over the state here in Georgia. I would imagine they are the same in other states as well. Get you a group of people together. I know uh, we have them in California. That's where I'm from. And so start growing your own food. Uh, get, uh, I know a, a friend of mine has a, a, a movement 
she calls it the Smile Club. And so she gathers a group of people every week, once a, once a week, they come together and they sit and they talk about all the good that's in their life. So they're multiplying, you know, they're multiplying the good that they, that they experience. Right. So going out of your way to seek the positive, surrounding themselves, even if it's virtually with other positive people and ignoring the new stuff. Uh, I tell you, it's, it's, it's getting hard for people to ignore the news. Uh, just yesterday in the morning, our local uh, CBS affiliate said they ran down the list of press conferences and it seemed like there was the press conferences were like a bus schedule. It seemed like there was just about another one every hour. So uh, sometimes it does come down to just turning the TV off or, uh, or, or maybe blocking some of the news channels and watching, watching something funny. Uh, I know every once in a while I post online, if, if things get too bad, don't forget there are still cartoons on your cable channel somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, so I wanted, to, I, I wanted to ask you to cover two more areas before we're through, if it's okay with you. Um, one is your radio show. I'd like people, you, for you to tell people more about how you started your radio program, how long you've been doing it, and, and what maybe, uh, maybe one of the, the more important challenges you had of doing that show. Thank you, Max. Yes. <laughs> the most important challenge I had was getting over myself, my fear. And it took me a while to even be able to acknowledge that that was the reason um, that I had put it off. My nephew had encouraged me um, about 10 years ago to do a radio show because he thought I had the right personality and the right energy to do something like that. So uh, I got an account on Blog Talk Radio and I set it up um, in 2010 or 09, one of the two. But I didn't do anything with it. So every now and then, maybe once a year or so, he'll be like, well, auntie, how you doing with that radio show? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm good, right? And then uh, this individual, Mark Pace, Mark, I hope you don't mind, but he was working for this um, online radio company and he reached out to me and he said, you've been recommended um, to me because you're an author to host your own radio program. And I was like, oh my God, what, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> I have such a compliment that I sat and I created a whole year worth of shows. Uh, the guests, the subject matter, what, what we would cover. And I found that I really enjoyed that. The only, the situation that prevented me from um, going on with the company that Mark represented was I couldn't come up or didn't come up with the sponsorship money. And so, but you know, it was all uplifting for me. I enjoyed the whole process. And um, I was in uh, visiting with my nephew and we talked about the radio program again. So I was like, well, dang, I got it all laid out already. You know, I could at least do 12 shows because I had already talked to those people because I was going to do one show a month initially with Mark. And so I had, a, I had 12 shows already lined up, the topics and the guests. So I'm like, well, okay, well, let's start and let's see. 
But I tell you, Max, this has been one of the best things that I've ever done. I so much appreciate it. So it's called Life, Love, and Wellness. And we talk about uh, subjects that people find unable to have a comfortable conversation out in the open about certain things. So I've brought on um, the LGBT community, uh, HIV and AIDS, domestic violence, bullying, um, urine therapy. I've brought on uh, the blind blogger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, wrong. talk talk about it. Which one of these is not like the others? Moment, uh, <clears throat> but I'm but I'm proud of my appearances on your show and uh, and happy that I that that you that you brought me in with uh, uh, some of these other amazing people you have on your show. So um, I I've, I'm I'm starting to notice a trend though. I talked to a woman a few weeks ago and she said that in the beginning. She didn't think she was doing a podcast. She thought she was just doing a video blog or a video journal. She said she did it for a while, then found out she was doing a podcast. And it almost sounds like you did this show at the urging of this Mark Pace fellow. And at the, when you were doing it with him, you didn't think about it in the same way that you did before you talked to him. Like when it was just you, it was scarier than when you had this other person telling you how great you were and that you needed to do it. But then after you recorded those episodes, you thought, well, what the heck? I've already recorded them. Let's put them out there and see what happens. So I'm noticing that with a lot of people with creative works, at least, we almost have to trick ourselves into it to overcome the fear. That's, that's good. And one of the things that too, um, for the audience is that I provided transportation uh, five or six, maybe even seven years, to children primarily that are visually impaired. So to be able to have Max come on my radio program and have the children that I have been uh, driving around and working with for all those years, to be able to listen to Max on my radio program was so inspiring and so motivating to them. And so, you know, in these shows, we uh, respect and honor a, a, a wide variety of people. And they're all real life issues, you know, like uh, the, yep. the children are so impressed with you, Max, you know? So, um, and that's the reason behind the show is, you know, like it's not all pretty and it's not all doom. Sometimes there's stuff in the middle, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's one of the one of the goals I have for what your excuse is uh, is once this COVID is over, I I want to uh, to to get out and do some in person shows, and I, hopefully we can we can work it where I can come to Atlanta and we can feature some of these kids that you've been working with over the last six or seven years, and tell some of their stories and see if together me and them can't inspire a whole bunch of new people. So that's something I really would, would look forward to doing. Hopefully this this stuff gets behind us pretty quick so we can do, um, you know, crazy stuff like that. Awesome. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. So the one last thing I wanted to ask you about is, and I'm kind of known for this. Um, I often ask questions of my guests because I'm, I'm looking for answers to questions of my own. Um, I have uh, – 
chronic lymphocytic leukemia, COL. It's in very early stage. My, my white count is high, but it's stable. It's in the uh, 20 to 30,000. Uh, uh, I don't know what, what, what the letters are after it, but um, it's, but it's stable. It, uh, it, it hasn't continued to increase, which is, which they tell me is really good. But, um, I deal with a compromised immune system. So people are worried when I travel. Uh, it also means sometimes I have inflammation and fatigue. So have you learned anything from your study of food other than sugar is bad that you can tell me as far as helping with fatigue so I can, I can do more work and help more people? Excellent question. Um, I actually have done some work with the blood um, study on the blood as well uh, with helping my mom um, handle some some blood issues that she blood thinning and and uh, like that. Um, so let me send you information. Again, it gets back to the foods that you're eating, um, making sure that you're drinking sufficient water to wash toxins out of your body. And the immune system is that protective um, army, uh, so to speak, of, of, uh, of soldiers that their main and only duty is to protect your body. So what, whatever you're eating is not agreeing with your body temple. And so that's why they have to come out and they have to be fighting. And that's why your immune system is compromised. So you, as, as, as comfortably as you can, and start increasing the amount of live foods, which would be your fruits and your vegetables, start introducing those into your diets and cutting back on some of the other things. It's, it's, it's simple, it, it's, it's not complicated. And uh, once you start doing that and, and getting more sun and getting more exercise, uh, you'll find that your health will start to turn around. But I'll send you um, some information. Vitamin K is good for um, the uh, blood. And um, so I can send you a list of those foods that would give you um, a good supply of the different vitamins. But vitamin D is excellent as well because most of our bodies are deficient with that vitamin D and you can only get that from the sun unless you take a supplement. Right, right. Okay, well, Sandra, I've really, really enjoyed getting to talk with you again. It's been a long time since the last time I was on your show. Um, you've shared a lot of good stuff with my audience here today. Um, you just may be repeating something you just said, but I always like to ask my guests if there's, if there's one thing you want people to remember from everything you've said today, what would that one most important thing be? We all have a choice. You can choose to be healthy or otherwise. Staying healthy, being well is an everyday meal-to-meal -meal experience. Going outside, getting sun, increasing your longevity and your resistance to contracting any type of foreign matter that um, will not do your body good. It's a choice and it's in your hand and you can do it. I know you can. You've got the power and our bodies were 
so skillfully designed that they heal themselves automatically. Team teachable. All right. Well, Checking I really. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing so much of this with, with my audience. And uh, hopefully they're going to listen to you and their, their bodies are going to be healthier and they're going to uh, live longer and, and accomplish more. So thank you. I really do appreciate this. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. I feel so I'm arrived now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Best record meeting information. All right. So once again, we had a great conversation with a good friend of mine and a friend of the show, uh, Sandy Rogers. And uh, two things that I will take from this, they're both confirmations of things I already knew. But like I tell my good friend, Adrian Smith, all the time, the, the important lessons, it seems like we have to relearn over and over again throughout our lives. So two things. One is uh, what we take into our bodies, the food, the water, the sunshine the positive or negative energy of the people we surround ourselves with everything we take into our minds and bodies affects us in one way or another it can cause us to be physically ill and it can definitely keep us from having the energy and the uh the positive mindset or positive image of ourselves to accomplish our goals so uh hopefully we'll all make this a goal of ours to to drink more water and to take in more fresh fruits and vegetables and to use that newfound energy to accomplish new goals. And then, of course, the other thing she talked about is that we have a choice. And the choice applies to, to your diet, your exercise, but it also applies to how you want to feel. Do you want to feel like you're trapped in your house or you want to feel like you're empowered? You want to feel like, hey, this is an opportunity to connect with my family or to start a new hobby or to find a new passion? or are you going to choose to spend all your time and energy focused on the news, the latest statistics, and fears over what will come next? I know that it is difficult because we all have this uh, fear about uh, our jobs, the economy, what our society will look like in the future after we come through this uh, corona or COVID uh, virus crisis. But even that is where you can make a choice. You can choose to say, will we come through it or how we come through it? Or you can choose to say, I know we will come through it. Uh, we were created by a divine creator. He built us to be resilient and overcome things like this with his help. So uh, that was the other main important thing she shared with us is that we always have a choice. And I do hope you'll visit her website, srauthenticascension.com. I want to thank my sponsor again, Chip Edwards at createmyvoice.com. He will help you create a voice branding strategy to protect and grow your brand name on the voice speakers. And these platforms are growing. Millions and millions of new people are using them and using them in new places and new ways to access content. Uh, Google and Alexa or Google and Amazon or are working on the back end behind the scenes to make it more likely that people will find content by speech as opposed to from a laptop or a screen. So you really want to be there and you want to be there in a way where people can find you. And I'm really happy that, you know, you can say, Google, talk to the blind blogger or Alexa, play what's your excuse. And 
without Chip's help, I wouldn't be able to do that. And actually, he even had to remind me, you know, Max, you're not telling people during your podcast to find you on Alexa and Google. So that's another thing. If if you're there, make sure you're telling your traditional audience that you're there or reminding them to tell their friends. So you can say, Alexa, play the blind blogger, or you can say, Google, talk to the What's Your Excuse show. Um, and of course, you can always find me at theblindblogger.net. And I've just started offering a new program. I'm calling it Eight Weeks to the, to be, to the Next Podcast Guest Rockstar. And it's a combination of several services. First, I'll help you get clear on what your personal origin story is and how to tell it better. Uh, we'll do some practice question and answer sessions that will be recorded so you can get familiar with the technology. And also you can look back on what you've done before and uh, reference that as you prepare for a future interview. I will book you on podcasts and radio shows. I will co-promote your appearances on social media and to my email list. And I'll be there to mentor you along the way to uh, help you get ready for the interviews and then also help you look back at your latest ones and go, uh, how could I have answered that better? So it's a full service approach over eight weeks and I'm really excited about it. I'm um, looking forward to, uh, to working with my first paid client and seeing where it goes. You can find that at theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks, the number eight, W-E-E-K-S, theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks. And uh, if you have any questions, just send me an email or uh, reach out to me through social media. I'd be more than happy to get on a phone call or a Zoom meeting and talk about it further. All right, I appreciate all the continued support I get from my f followers online. Uh, if I didn't know y'all were dependent on me to, to, to do this show and get it out there on a regular basis, I couldn't keep doing this. So thank you for that. Uh, and until next time, uh, take care out there. I am Maxwell Ivey, the blind blogger, and this has been What's Your Excuse? Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away to what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids. Dare to dance the tide.